Hey. Breezy. Mose knows. It's about that time, everybody turn your TVs on The Moe's nose, peachy, breezy, and fed of God They keep it nitty gritty when they bring you nine to talk We two gorillas, silver back, nah, silver hoes You know it's busting the discussion cause we get it in Every time you know we grinding, I was eight to ten We always play to win, the faithful going hard It's Wayne, breezy, peachy, Moe's nose, and fed of God Let's get it Nitty gritty, this the line is tall. Drawing like it better take a wall. Nitty gritty, this the line is tall. We outline players up and chalk. Nitty gritty, this the line is tall. Don't like it better take a wall. Nitty gritty, this the line is tall. Line is tall. Nitty gritty, this the line is tall. Yo, yo, what's going on, faithful? The nitty gritty line is tall. Crew is back in the building. You already know what time it is. It's Monday night, and we here, and we here to celebrate another victory. I got Mo's nose, Peachy B. What's going on, y'all? What's up, everybody? <clears throat> Just trying to get over this this crap. <laughs> this crap. This. I mean, I don't really know what else to call it at this point. Crap. It's just crap. Because yes. there's no fever. There's no, you know what I'm saying? It's just crap. It's just lingering crap that just stays right here. You know it was in the chest. It's better in the chest. But now it's like way up in here somewhere. So It's that Philly crap. That's what it is. Right. No, but, no, but what's crazy is Mrs. Moe's nose been like that for like the past week. Yeah, I'm telling you. Had to you. go to the doctor's office twice. Yeah. At, at, it, it took her throat out. Like, at one, one point, she couldn't really speak. And then today, she's still out of it. She's got the nasal congestion. It's something going around. I, I didn't get it yet. And I hope I don't get yeah. it, Lord Jesus. I, I, honey, I love you. I just don't <laughs> want what you got. Okay, first of it. all, it's not COVID. Because no, I got tested not. for COVID. Yeah, and right. it's not COVID. That's why she got she got tested for COVID right. and she got tested for strep and they both came back. It's non yeah. That's why I just call it crap because <laughs> it's not the flu, it's not a cold, it's mm -mm. not. It's just crap. It's just a bunch of crap and it sucks really bad because it's hard to get rid of as well. But no, it's not COVID. <laughs> <laughs> He's stupid. Yeah, let's, it's Goodness. something because I I, I right. I've been struggling for the past week. Yeah. Since last Friday, I still can't get the stuff out of my chest. But listen, um, you know, went down to Philly, caught the Philly blood, came back, and now we 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 beat the Seahawks. We we beat the Philadelphia Eagles. We beat the Seahawks, and we still sick. But it's all good because we're winning. We're in first place. Mose, how you doing, bro? Like you know what I'm saying? How how you feeling? Health wise, I'm okay right now. It sounds like your uh, voice, gonna, though, isn't in full throttle, though. Like, I feel like there's... No, it's not. It's okay. not. Well, that's because I, I I had a... My son had a game today, uh -huh. and then he had a, a AAU tournament this weekend. So I've been to, to, to four different basketball Ooh. games of his. So I, I've been I've been yelling. I've been yeah. yelling. You, you just got to gotta, um, get the text message with the voice and just put it on a speaker and then hit play. Bro, I might have to do that. And it's going to be like, yeah, go. <laughs> Thank you, Tori. I, I appreciate that, that. I'm not going to have So much. Because <sighs> yeah. you know what I'm going to do as soon as we get off this? 
I'm not going to pass go. I'm not going to collect $200. He's going to bed. I'm going That's to bed. Okay? <laughs> what happened is I just go to bed. Like, I go to bed. <laughs> Wake up, 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock, up, and then I'm ready to be to bed. So we're going to get this show popping. We got a lot of stuff we want to get down. I'm glad everybody's doing good. Before everybody's we, looking good most. Before we start, uh-huh. congratulations are in order to to our sister Crystal Peachy B for her Lakers winning the in-season tournament. Yeah. The first ever. Hold up, hold up. Now LeBron can officially retire because he'd be the first player to ever do. Oh my God. That. You are I, such a jerk. I, you sound I, like everybody else that I just first of all I, first of all don't ever say I sound like everybody else. All I said <laughs> is now he can officially retire because he he done got another accomplishment. He's greater than Jordan. Oh my God. You see where that was like, I knew where that was going. Okay, first of all, MJ. And he a ain't goat. douche. So MJ in um MJ's You know what, Peachy? You know what? We I, I don't I, even need I you. No, this? I don't even need you to defend it. Because you are the most uh 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 lukewarm Laker. One minute you want Anthony Davis off the team, yep, and the I next sure, minute right. you are you yeah, are signing because, his draws. Because like, I don't get it. No. Yes, okay, first you of all, picked him up. Oh, let me, other, let me talk. This is why I ain't got let no me, voice. Let me talk. I'm going to let you talk. I'm going to let you talk. All, start. Well, I, I still do believe, this. and just like when you criticize our 49er players whenever they don't live up to snuff, then I feel that way about Andy Davis. Everyone, whether you're a Laker fan or not, knows that you cannot rely on AD all the time. Like my boy Ticket says over on Ticket TV, he is Terry Claw. The only reason why that that he did this this accomplishment that he did, this this defensive masterclass, is because it was worth something. So we'll see what happens now that we're playing regular games. And NBA just passed or is trying to pass an important rule. The next one, which sucks for us, the second one, they may get a, a free playoff bid. I'm not talking about play-in. I'm talking about playoffs. They may secure a playoff spot afterward, next year, for mm. the next one. Really? Yeah. They are thinking they about in that. The, they up in the ante. They're this- up in the ante because they want everyone to show up and they want them to play really hard, especially these teams who don't have a shot in hell of making the playoffs. They... They want them to bring their A game. And then one more thing, and then I'm good. The Lakers did not want to hang that banner. They actually said no, because we just hang championship banners. That means something. But the NBA, because they want to make this a spectacle, has has made us do it. So now we have to do all this that we didn't want to do. Well, they can literally I get that said that they did not want right to hang now. Can I get you know the what? BS? You know this, why? This is a typical If they didn't want to hang the Move banner, on. they Move shouldn't on. have won the tournament. Move all right? On. They should have let Indiana have it because that's all they was going to get anyway. I'm glad the Pacers they... think that they are something to be reckoned with. Listen, I like Halliburton, but at the end of the season, when it comes down to the nitty-gritty, mm-hmm. the Pacers going to be right back in French Lick, wherever they belong, Indiana somewhere. I tell you what, though, <coughs> Peachy, y'all won. I'm giving you your props. I ain't say it was because y'all the Lakers. And All I'm saying is add another thing to LeBron James' legacy. That's all I said. I, 
I ain't even, I ain't even creep on him. I ain't, I ain't do nothing. You I said, did. add another notch to you. his legacy. That's all I said. But see, and I say that MJ's the GOAT. And then you got people that can't decide MJ's whether they want to be, be a goat. Celtics fan or a Laker fan. So people need to decide like what you want to put it on. Well, because that ain't, I can tell you that right. That ain't me. It's going to get bad Christmas Day whenever we play each other. You better sure decide um, who you um, Because Beachy you know what losing feel like because Ohio State can't beat the Ohio State can't oh, beat Michigan. I ain't expecting them damn Lakers to be no. able to beat the Celtics. Mm. Listen, it is what it is. And she lucky she a 49er fan. Mose, this is what you... First of all, can we give Mose the round of applause for being the greatest instigator of all time? <laughs> like, that was smooth. Do. I was just trying to big up the Lakers because they won the NC Tour. That's it. And I thought I we was going to give her the hand clap and move on. No. I should have known better. But Breezy, the Celtics fan, had to start something because he couldn't help it. All I said was... <laughs> you said that he can retire now. He can retire. The motherfucker... He's... He, he wasn't trying, but he wasn't or, trying to play I didn't say for he that. Was. I'm just saying he could retire. Oh what God. else does he need to prove in the NBA? Oh the dude got all the chips. He got all the MVPs. He got all the defensive NBAs. He's still playing at the top level. He got another. He got the first. Not not. This is the app. This is the very first in season tournament of all time. He is the. He he has it. There's nothing else he need to do. If he win a chip, he win another chip. Oh, okay, cool. He ain't winning another chip, but I'm just saying. Neither are you, so it don't make a difference. Okay, Peachy. All right. You just had to get that in there. That's you know right. goddamn sure well your Lakers ain't better than the Boston Celtics, oh, especially. That's you know, not you true. know daggone well that the All right, ladies we and gentlemen. See Christmas Day. Ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, Christmas Day. Christmas Day, because I ain't even going to watch it. That's how confident I am, because we're going to be preparing for the Baltimore Ravens and the San Francisco 49ers. That's what I'm going to be preparing for. Hey, guys, thank y'all so much for tuning in to Nitty Gritty, because Moe's just decided to just be Moe's. Let's talk about this game, because that's what the Niners did. They did exactly what our team, our team, our team, not my team, not your team, not his team, <laughs> our team. That we can all agree on because we're okay. all nine. There it is. Whoop, there it is. <laughs> our team swept the Seattle Seahawks this season. Uh, once again, back-to-back sweeps. Brock Purdy, nine. You, can you can somebody tell me the Lakers record and somebody tell me the Celtics record and somebody tell me who got the better record? I know Peachy know by heart. Can you tell me whose conference that each of them plays? It doesn't. In, it doesn't and the even matter. Difficulty. It it doesn't matter. It doesn't. It, it doesn't matter. You are who you are. You want to have that conversation because that's why people get mad. Oh, the 49ers win against so they ain't playing nobody. You want to have that conversation? The Celtics are sixteen, 16 and, and five. five. Sixteen and five. While the Lakers are fourteen and nine. Okay. So boom. Okay. No problem. Right now, we the better team because the record says we are. Yeah, okay, all right. All right. Here we go. So, listen, the Niners did exactly what they needed to do. I'm not going front. Like, I, I I thought that they were hitting a stride. I thought the San Francisco 49ers figured out how to, you know, get into the 40 rhythm. I thought they was, I thought they was entering the 40-40 club. I thought that might be something we could 
get consistent with throughout the rest of the season, especially the type of teams that we're playing with the Seahawks and, and the Cardinals and the Commanders and the Ravens and, and the Rams. That's what we have left on the schedule. And then they come out and they put up less than 30. They didn't hit the 30 party. But I still felt that this was a dominant game from the San Francisco 49ers just about on all aspects. The offense put up 527 mm -hmm. yards. Yeah. That might be more than they've ever put up all season long, but without the results and points. I want to get your takes on the game. Shout out to you guys because it's Victory Monday. Shout out to everybody out there. Shout out to the Breezy Bunch crew. Make sure you guys mm -hmm. hit this like button. Uh, before I get your takes on the game, we're going to go through uh, stuff periodically throughout the show, so I'll make sure I chime in. Let's go ahead and get that first Super Chat up there from uh, Jax. She says... Super Chat contribution just because I love the nitty gritty crew. Jack sends us a Super Chat contribution. Thank you so much, Jax, for your Super Chat contribution. Uh, and we love you. We love you. We love everything that you do. Keep being a fan. And just remember, this is our team, our, our team, our 49ers. <laughs> Get ready for the get ready for the comments. Get y'all better get ready out there uh, in the, in the comment section of the show. But guys, let's go ahead and talk about this game. Uh, Peachy, let me get your take on the game, and then Mose, I'll get your take on the game. Just real quick, man, give me a hot take from from what you witnessed on on last night. First of all, I'm I'm glad that you started with that. What you said that because all I've seen on TV all day was that the score. Has like it was a beatdown that I have seen on every single one. Said, don't pay attention to the score. It wasn't close. It it was a beatdown. I even had people that said it was a mental beatdown as mm. well. So it wasn't just a physical beatdown. It was a mental beatdown, and that it was never close. You can't pay attention to the score because it's a divisional game, and they're always weird, and you know all these things happen. They were talking about how we have plays during the game. And it's like, now I can't wait till Breezy comes out with his plays so that I can can see it. On um, on the show, I was watching, I can't remember which one, because I try to watch them all today. They were talking about how that you could tell that there were certain plays that Kyle was kind of taking his foot off the gas on. And that's, you know, it, it could have been a lot worse. They said it could have, it could have definitely been like, you know, Thanksgiving. It could have been, it could have been that bad. So that to me was um, what I took from it is I, I felt the same way. I mean, it's like it, the score looked kind of weird. Every, like I heard everybody saying, you know, the score was just weird, you know, because we watched it and we know like how out of hand that it actually was. So. Yep. Real, real good take right there. Uh, I agree with you 100%. Mose, what was your take on the game, man? Just overall, what did you see with those eyes of yours? Um, I think for me, I saw, I did see a team that I felt like, um, as prepared as they were, um, felt like this wasn't a game. I don't want to. I don't want to phrase it because I don't want to say that the game wasn't important to them. I, I I don't think they put the same level of importance if we can compare. I don't think they put the same level of importance on this game as they did the Eagles game, right? I think um, this is a team we know they have. We have their number, um, and when we play how we're supposed to play, you know, 
we saw how it looked on Thanksgiving. Um, and while they did make adjustments, we made adjustments as well. Um, and we took advantage of what they were trying to take away. Um, so I, for me, I think that's a little bit more important than just blow, just flat out blowing them out. Um, because it shows that like, even when we don't put in a hundred percent, we're so in tune with what we're doing as a collective unit, both on offense and defense, that when we make one or two minor adjustments, it it can literally mean ball game for the other team. So I think from that standpoint, we're really clicking on all cylinders because we don't even have to give 100% effort and we can make one or two adjustments and it's still like these teams can't even compete with us. Yeah, like that's the thing that stood out, right? Like, so um, was it effort? Was it execution? Was it what was it? Like, it was something that was a little strange. I don't. I, I think they showed up. So I I I want to put that out there. I think they showed up. I think they took the game as an importance because it was a divisional game. I just think they were maybe uh, slight unprepared for Drew Locke. And and then how do you prepare for Drew Locke? He doesn't play he doesn't play football. So how That's do you really point. prepare? And then he's a game time decision on top of that. So how do you prepare for that? And, and I don't think they thought that Drew Locke, who to me was having a decent game for the Seattle Seahawks, I don't think they were just prepared for it. It was almost like, all right, Pete Carroll scratched Geno Smith, which if he played, I think the Niners would have torched this team. And then they brought in Kenneth Walker we had a couple of good early get down going, then the Niners adjusted and they stopped the run. They let they let they but they were getting punched in the mouth with that little combination of the run, even though they only gave up 70 yards on the ground. I just felt like Drew Locke threw him a curveball and mm-hmm. it took him a little bit of time to adjust. And then on top of that, you had the injury. And I, like like injuries probably play a, a role on the mental. Uh, 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 of the players out there because now you 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 say you trust the next man up but if there's no continuity with the next man up until they actually make a play to where you can tr- like really fully trust them you know what i'm saying like and so that's kind of like what i was seeing so like shout out to those guys when players went down players came in they stepped up um but for me it was just it was just a they had full control over the game and whenever Kyle was ready to flip a switch, not a full switch, it wasn't full throttle. Whenever he hit a button, the Niners were able to answer and just be like, yeah, we can go ahead and score. I thought from the very t- you know kickoff of the game, when we went down there and scored on two run plays for 75 yards, I'm saying to myself, wait a minute, this is how we start in this game? Oh, this is going to be a run game. We running this well, this early? Cool beans. And then adjustments started happening and and then the 49ers kind of looked stagnant for a couple of drives and, and so but like overall I think you guys are right right and and they, they they played a game in which they dominated and they just had to continue to show ways that they could dominate through adversity they you know and 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 show that you know that they can still find a way to win stuff at home would you guys consider this kind of like somewhat of a gritty game um a gritty win really they just they still haven't played one yet right Mm -mm. like like they haven't been able to get one of those grit wins um and i'm 
how alarming is that to you guys, though? Like, they couldn't win Gritty in Cleveland, uh, and I know that's in the past, but they didn't win that. I don't feel like the Minnesota game was a Gritty game, but it kind of came down to a couple of mistakes. They couldn't win that. And then uh, Cincinnati, before it kind of got blown out of proportion, they couldn't find a way to get over the hump to take the lead. I I feel like if the Niners can take a lead in the game, that's when they flip the button. But it's when they're coming from behind, which they did trail by three in this game, like when they're coming from behind and things don't go right, uh, like it's just harder to to get over that hump. Let's talk about, uh, you know, before we go ahead and recap the game, because I definitely want to recap the game and get your takes on it. Let's go on some of the things that happened. We got the injury report here. You got Oren Burks with knee tendonitis uh, who left the game. They said he came back in the game. I don't remember him coming back in the game, but he is going to be out for at least two weeks. Um, and so Oren Burks is going to be out. Javon Hargrave with the hamstring injury who left the game, uh, I think at half. Uh, and Mooney Ward who went out in the first quarter with the groin injury. You know, surprisingly, per Kyle Shanahan, they're listed day-to-day and that their injuries aren't severe and that they possibly may play against the Arizona Cardinals. So let's talk about these injuries. Let's talk about who needs to step up and who's going to fill in for who uh, or what. So let's start with Oren Burks. Moe's, you take Oren Burks. Uh, and then, uh, Peachy, you can take Hargrave. I'll go ahead with Ward. Uh, I mean, listen, with Oren Burks, I think – the health of Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw are going to prove paramount because I I think Oren Burks coming in while there's may, there may be a drop off talent wise. What we know Oren Burks can do is he can tackle. He's been a solid tackler when he's been in the game and he's had to play for uh, Dre Greenlaw. I think when we go beyond that, while, you know, DFF is a fan favorite, he worries me a little bit in tackling and he worries me a little bit in coverage. I think just Oren Burks being a, 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 a technically sound veteran um, gives me more confidence in him as a rotational piece, as somebody who may have to come in for an injury. I feel more confident when he's available versus when he's not. Um, so I'm hoping that this this knee tendonitis isn't too bad. It looks like you got down here. He may miss, you know, a couple of weeks. You know, it, it, it may not prove to be an issue versus the Cardinals. Um, but, you know, against the Ravens and then going into the playoffs, um, I would want to make sure that he's healthy in the event that we do need him to play. I agree. When I, when I look at the linebacker depth, I mean, you got – you got D. Winters. Uh, maybe, you know, will they see something out of Jalen Graham this week in practice? The, the other rookie linebacker that they drafted in the seventh round. But it looks like DFF is going to get the nod to start as the other linebacker for the San Francisco 49ers. And, you know, not not to take a shot at him, um, but it's a it's a it's a step down. Um you know, when it comes to it, and you saw it, you saw it on football field. I know you saw it, Peachy saw it, and everybody else that watched it. When we watched Kenneth Walker should have been tackled for a loss and made the whole team miss. You just that like, everybody missed. There was like 11 missed tackles out of the 14 missed tackles in this game on just that one play. It was ridiculous. And so, you know, this could be a problem. 
Uh, so make sure you guys put the question mark around here. I'm hoping he has a great practice. I'm hoping he's able to be a force if he does get the green light to start. Um, against the Arizona Cardinals coming up. Um, but it seems like Oren Burks is going to be out for a couple of weeks. Hopefully it's just a couple of weeks. Uh, let's talk about Javon Hargrave Peachy, uh, who suffered a groin injury. Uh, early reports came out today, said that Kyle Shanahan feared that he pulled his groin um, and it could be something severe. Uh, and then later on, they got the, the reports from the doctors and it seemed like, uh, um, excuse me, his hamstring. They got the reports from the doctors. And then, you know, now it's come down to the fact that he didn't pull his hamstring. Um, and it's, you know, it's just, you know, aggravated or whatnot. Right. So the 49ers may have Hargrave this weekend. But, Peachy, if they don't have Hargrave, right. you know, what are your thoughts? Like, what did you see from this game you know, without Armstead. Armstead is not going to be playing for probably exactly. the next couple of weeks as well. So yeah. just want to get your thoughts on that. So, um, in, in, in okay, first of all, in my opinion, I don't want him to play if he's not, if he's not, um, if he's not ready to go. There's no reason, like, if there's a chance that he could, like, risk, you know, a worse injury than what he has. It, we definitely don't do that because, I mean, Ken Law has been uh, showing us quite a bit lately. Which is really good. I think that Kinlaw is a good spot for him. And Kalia Davis, I mean, we've seen what he can do when he's out there. Even if he has to switch, you know, the side or whatever. Whatever you guys call that. The technique, yeah. Yes. Three, one, yep. Right, right. Um, His tech, I think that he's going to be good. So I think that we have enough to be able to do that. We do have to do without Hargrave now. If he's able to go. You know, of course, you know, these guys mentally, you know, if he's like, yeah, I'm going, that's one thing. But if you don't have to, I feel like that the reason why that this defense is so deep is because things like this happen. And everyone knows that through the season that you're going to have guys in and out. So then you prep all your guys to be able to start if they need to and to fill in for for the starters when they're out. So that's that's what um, I feel like that we would do in this case. And I feel like that um, the one thing that I didn't see yesterday, which is really crazy, is um, I didn't see a lot of pass rush yesterday. And I don't know if that was because, you know, they weren't prepared. Just like you said, maybe they weren't prepared for Drew Locke. Maybe, you know, I kind of threw them off or whatever. But, you know, like, I I didn't see a lot of, like, Chase Young. He was out there. But I didn't see... You know that, so I'm I'm thinking that if if we play the way that we did in Philly, because um, Kyler Murray is a mobile quarterback, and we play the way that we held down Jalen, there'll be more. I think that it'll be um, the pass rush will be better, and I think with even if we don't have Hargrave, if we have just Kinlaw and Kalia Davis and guys like that to kind of sub in for that, that um, that will still be okay. Yeah, the, the, the pass rush, I mean, 22 pressures in this game. Um, they ended up the game, I think they finished the game with four sacks. It's not bad. Uh, not not bad at all. Um, it was Chase. Like, I didn't see Chase involved in too much yesterday. I mean, he was out there. Yeah. Um, you know. That's they, what I meant. With, with Chase, I mean, without Chase Young on that, that interception, that interception to right. Fred Warner doesn't happen. So, I mean, he That's was true. out there. Yeah. Um, it, it's just. 
you know, when you got a quarterback that's getting the ball out quick. Really fast, It, yeah. it kind of negates the pass rush just you. a little bit. Yeah. Um, and we'll talk about what we saw from the defensive front because I saw I saw Nick Bosa line up over the center. Like, I, I liked what I was seeing. I felt like they were experimenting a little bit, but I liked right. what I was seeing because now Nick Bosa had an opportunity to go inside opposed to staying to the outside because they're trusting Randy Gregory. They're trusting Cleveland Farrell. They're mm-hmm. trusting Chase Young. They're trusting these guys to still put pressure on there. And so that could be something that we see from a player two going forward. But I thought the pass rush did. I thought they. I thought they serviced very well. Um, you know, Nick Bosa still was a force. Chase Young was a force. I mean, the dude, his pass rushing grade was actually uh, eighty one point four, and he did pass rush for about twenty three twenty three snaps. Of, you know, he was out there, so. Okay. You know, I mean, he doesn't play. Remember, Chase Young doesn't play the whole games like everybody else. Like, he's rotational. I got you. So, I, I just want you to understand that, like, mm-hmm. Nick Bosa will get the rushes. Uh, Chase Young will get some rotation pieces. Yeah. And they're, they're trying to keep guys fresh. Like you said, you like the depth. And that, to right. me, is my concern, especially on the inside. Mm-hmm. Because you talked about these guys got to be ready to go and start. But now the depth is, 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 is depleting because the depth that was coming in to relieve a Hargrave, to relieve a Eric Armstead mm-hmm. now Ken Law becomes a starter right and I don't I like I'm I'm, I'm I'm happy I think with his production in this game but it wasn't it wasn't as effective like you could tell Eric Armstead was missing and it would be really cool if Ken Law was still like a reliever from the starter but if he yeah. has to start because Hargrave can't go and then Kevin Givens is a guy that we kind of forget about Kevin Givens like Will he be the next up to start? Yeah, I forgot about I don't, him too. Don't think it would be Kalia Davis. Moses, what do you think about that? Like the, the 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 defensive tackle rotation for the San Francisco 49ers. And I'm assuming you're talking about with both Hargrave and Armstead out? Yeah, like it'll be a little different. And now you're dealing with James Conner up the middle. You got Kyler Murray that you got to contain, which I don't think we see much pass rush because you got to keep him in that pocket. I mean, I think we see I think we see the three guys that we have. Javon Kinlaw has been playing lights out football in the reps that he has been given. Exactly. Um, and it's great to see him healthy. So I think he's on the field more. And I think and I'm sure some fans, you know, the pessimistic side of us are saying, does increased snap count mean increased likelihood of him getting injured. And that's obviously something that we don't need. But I think we can see a steady rotation of Ken Law, Givens, and Kalia Davis. I think they're going to rotate those guys, one, for health purposes, two, situationally. Um, But then I can see us kicking Gregory, Cleveland Farrell, we saw Bosa on the inside against the Seahawks a few snaps. So I think they're going to get creative. I think, you know, Kyle Shanahan is going to, you know, put the onus on Chris Kosarek to find ways to get creative with that internal rotation mm-hmm. um, and that inside pass rush. Uh, but I, I think we see more Kevin Givens. I think we see more Kalia Davis. Um, and like I said, Javon Kinlaw has been playing lights out. So, I think we see all three of those guys plus a mix of some of the outside guys on the inside. Just preparing for the worst. Let's say he can't go. 
All right. You told us that's how you want to see the mixed rotation. Are you calling up T.Y. McGill from the practice squad? Are you are you going to go look for another free agent to come in and and fill a fill a void for a game or two? Like what what are your thoughts on on, on that peachy and most? I'm, I'm I'm picking up the phone and I'm, I'm making a call to T.Y. McGill to bring him up because uh, we, we've already seen what he can do. We know what he's capable of um, and bringing him up as a fourth option. You know, I don't see anything wrong with that. So I'm, I'm definitely bringing T.Y. up. And Peachy, if you could bring in a free agent, if there was a, a defensive tackle floating out there that that's looking for a job on a contending team, uh, a, 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 a former uh, a bad boy in the NFL, is there anybody that crosses your mind that you think the Niners might make a call to? <laughs> a former bad boy in the mm-hmm. NFL. I think. Played for the Eagles last year. <laughs> you would definitely want to to give him a call, but they wouldn't bring him in though. Why not? <laughs> I just I that would be awesome though. Because one thing that I will say about him is he is a competitor. I, I listen. I, through the look, rest of this season, all you could do is bring him in for a right. workout. Just a couple of games left in the season. Good. It, don't, it doesn't. Hurt. It, it doesn't seem like he's a bad guy anymore. I mean, hell, he was breaking up the Trent Williams choke slam. Like, listen, Trent, man, you ain't got choke slam the young fella. Like, yeah, he was breaking that up. You know what I'm saying? It seems like he's kind of reformed a little bit. Uh, he's just old. Right, so right. Look. Oh, exactly. Yeah. He's just like, been around for a long time. He he's just oh, but listen, he could be a force in especially in the run stuffing game. Oh, yeah, uh, that just would be just fantastic. to go for and to give you know some some time because you don't want the hammy to extend to something more severe. Right, exactly. So and I know people are saying, oh, I don't want Sue. I don't want Sue. I get it. Like I get it. But if he's available, he ain't gonna cost much. And he can come in and stop the damn run on some rotational yeah. uh, snaps. I didn't say he had to start, but man, <laughs> he's a contender. Why not? Why not? Why not entertain it? Well, you know, we, we, there's um, there's guys that are just chilling out there that are gonna be looking for you know that are sniffing the waters for these contenders. You got Zach Ertz out there who is still you know trying to see kind of how things are gonna go to decide where he wants to sign and. You know, and um, all these things like that. So it's definitely going to be um, there's definitely some some players out there in all positions that are just kind of chilling, just trying to see kind of how this is going to. And a lot of people know now that the 49ers are going to be in there. So, um, yeah, I think that would be a great idea with just a handful of games left this season. Yeah, like, I mean, you got a dominant piece in Javon Hargrave. Yes. You want him as healthy as can be mm-hmm. for your playoff run. Yep. Hammies are nothing to reckon with. Luckily, right. the report says it's not as severe. Let's talk about Mooney Ward before we jump off the injury uh, train real quick. Now, he has a groin injury, and it was feared that he pulled his groin or tore his groin at some point, but the report came back saying that it's not as severe and he's also listed day to day. Now we did see him on the sideline trying to come back into yeah. the game. I thought running wise, he looked good, but when he started walking, he was limping. Mm-hmm. So how likely 
if if Mooney gets through practice, how likely will he be out there on the football field on Sunday? Or is this another player that you are going to let rest? <clears throat> I think that he needs to rest. Again, I don't feel like that we should be out here, especially at this time of the season when we're going into the playoffs and we know that we're going to be in the playoffs. There's no way that you should have these players that are like that could could hurt themselves worse. There's just no there's there's no reason like I would definitely want him to rest. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, think like you're you're down to Arizona. Is it a good matchup for him to play? They got quick receivers. Right. I don't think Floyd. I think Floyd's on the IR. Uh, that yeah. would be their big body. Re- I mean, not Floyd. Wilson is on the IR. That would yeah. be their bigger receiver. Um, I don't know. Like, it's just weird. But if he's healthy, if he has a good practice, if he gets through practice, you know, and like I said, they're listed day to day. We'll see what happens. Like, I mean, you want Ward out there um, yeah. or whatnot. But if Ward isn't able to go. The 49ers did sign a veteran to their practice squad. It's official. All right. So, you know, they y'all don't want Sue, but you bring him back. So, all right, here we go. So they bring back Jason Verrett. Um, you know, now my question is, I'm such a I'm I'm so bad. Um Jason Verrett is back with the organization. He has been signed to the practice squad. Um, here's the question. Will he be Sent to the active roster this week. He might. He knows the system. It's a good point. So yeah, and I think possible. I think you you got Ambry, you got Demo, you got Isaiah Oliver, you got Womack. Uh did Luter suit up yesterday? No, Luter's out for no. he was out last week. Yeah. Uh he may be available this week. He was out for the week. He was injured. So I mean, you got injuries to Luter, you got injuries to Mooney. You call him up as your fifth corner and only play him in in an emerging situation. Right. Just in case somebody gets hurt, yeah. Because you you figure you got Demo, you got um, Ambry on the outsides. You'll probably put Isaiah Oliver in the slot. I, I not, know you not against not against the, the not against the I Cardinals. <laughs> so what you want? You gonna put Womack in the slot over? <sighs> and I know it's hard because I mean Womack was playing good before he got hurt. He played well last year. I just feel like he's not back to 100% or... He's not 100%. There's, there's something with the trust factor there. Yeah, yeah. Because he was a ball... He he had a knack and, for the football. And also, Womack is not a Steve Wilkes guy. Is he not? Oh, well, he wasn't here when... Right. I get, Wait, what do you mean? That's a good point. I, I don't think Womack is a Steve Wilkes guy. I don't think Womack fits what Steve Wilkes wants to mm-hmm. do. No. Nah. Steve Wilkes wow. likes press guys. Womack might just be the best press man <clears throat> on this team. He's physical he at the line be, of scrimmage, but right, there's a but reason he, why we he don't hasn't see been him. able to. I just think it's something to, to do to with it. the depth. You, you see, Ambry Thomas rising. Right, he's got to wait his turn. So I feel like I feel like I feel like they were in the same area. And before Steve Wilkes got here, some people would say that Womack was pushing Ambry off this team. And I, but now I, I thought yeah. so. 
But now Ambry and his skill set is fitting well with what Wilkes wants to do. And, I mean, maybe it's not fair to, you know, compare them to because of the injuries that Womack has had. But at the same time, where Ambry's confidence level was, I feel like it was in the toilet. And mm-hmm. he kind of battled and, and, and got himself out of the mud. And now he's contributing on a high level on the outside and we're able to be multiple and move Demo around and do all these kind of things. I don't know. I just, something in my gut is telling me that Womack isn't a Wilkes guy. I just feel like Womack has to earn his stripes back, you know, earn earn to be the Wilkes guy. If he's not the Wilkes guy, he has to earn it because he's get. listen, I love special teams. He's an ace. You've seen it in his game, like ace. And so, like, but he's he's getting his football moxie back, um, and he's depth. At this point, he's depth. <clears throat> when I look at Jason Verrett, you know, barring the injuries, he's a number one – he's a cornerback. He's the lockdown cornerback in the NFL if he could just figure out how to stay healthy. And he probably going to cost the Niners a couple million dollars. I, <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if he has a great practice – this week. Great practice. I wouldn't be surprised because if you put him and Ambry on the outsides and you bring you put Lenore back on the end on the inside. If Ward isn't good to go, if Ward is out healthy scratch or whatever you want to call him, they want to let him rest. Why not? The the risk is it's not a high risk at all. But if the reward is great, it's a low risk, high reward move. If you get a lockdown for one game, it's one game. Get him for one game. He could give us one game. Now, there is the possibility that what happened when he came to us in that Pittsburgh game a few years back could happen. But there's also the possibility where he could have the healthiest year when he was with the San Francisco 49ers, and he was the number one quarterback for this team. So we'll see. It all comes down to his practice. But them Cardinals got some speedy mother-freaking receivers. So, like, to me, I'm a little nervous on who's going to be there. I don't like the speed on Embry Thomas. I like his double moves. If, if we're talking matchups, it's double moves on Embry. And I don't like it. I think he's going to get caught up. I just do. I think Mooney Ward struggled with double moves. These This team, and this is where Womack can probably come in and show something if they give him the opportunity. Because I don't think he would struggle with double moves. He's really light fly you know, stick to the paper. And to me, Darrell Luter Jr. would be that way at some point if he um, gets healthy and gets his opportunity. So, you know, lots to break down, but just thought we'd throw that out there. Listen, they're listed day-to-day. That's the good news, all right? So they're not ruled out as of yet. Some news, Brock Purdy nominated for FedEx Air Player of the Week, and Christian McCaffrey was nominated for FedEx Ground Player of the Week. We got a lot of news to get through, so congratulations to those two. I hope that they win. Brandon Ayuk reached 1K. Debo Samuel is the first wide receiver in NFL history to score a rushing touchdown and a receiving touchdown in back-to-back games. What an accomplishment, right? A lot of people... Y'all still mad at Debo? All right. P- uh, and I Purdy. Think he was, I think also, to add to that, I think he's uh, like number one for wide receivers with rushing touchdowns. 19, bro. Yeah. 19. You know what's funny about that? I was watching the Bears game, 
and my guy gets his first rushing touchdown of the year, DJ Moore, mm-hmm. and Debo's on 19. Damn. Crazy. Yeah. Guys, this is why Kyle Shanahan <laughs> made sure that Debo got the bag. Like, this is, yep. like, we weren't seeing it. He had a bad season last year, injuries, all that stuff. I bet you people ain't crying now. I guarantee it. They're not yeah. crying now. Um, um, there, there was a great, there was a great, um, there was a great question that was asked um, during the presser about, you know, like the change, you know, in Debo's play and everything, like how it's completely, you know, just off the charts. And he was talking about because now he's playing for his family, like he's playing for yeah, his he did son, say he's that. playing for whatever, yeah. and, he, and he has a lot more, you know, what I'm saying. So he has more to play for, so. He's just gonna play lights out. He's gonna continue to to play that way and just get better and better and better because, like he said, you know, now he has something to play for. So that's that can make a difference, and you can just see it. You can see his determination every time he gets that football to do something with that football. Even though you know, like the year before last, he had that. You know, since he's been in the league and things like that, I understand all that, but. You can just see the look in his face like he just he just tries to do something every single time. And it's so amazing. And he's so great being on special teams or whatever. That was another thing that they were talking about all over TV today is the versatility is really shining through this year with Debo even more than it was before as he you know, as what he's able to accomplish. So he's having a hell of a year, man. Yeah, he is. He's uh, 271 yards Mm -hmm. away from a 1,000-yard receiver. Um, And, you know, the 49ers can possibly have two 1,000-yard receivers, a 1,000-yard tight end. They already have the running back. Like, and Brock Purdy about to have well over Mm 4,000 yards by the end of the season. All my predictions are coming right. This is so funny. This is so funny. Uh, Let's talk about Brock Purdy. Um, Listen, Brock Purdy's three games away from breaking the great Patrick Mahomes record for most games with a hundred plus passer rating. Mm-hmm. I say three games away because it took it's 14 for Patrick Mahomes. Purdy's already at 12 and he's tied with a list. Let me tell you who he's tied with at 12 for those that don't understand what I'm talking about. Now, the passer rate, and it's something serious out there in the NFL. Dan Marino, who's his idol, he's tied with Dan. God dang. And Kurt Warner. If he gets a hundred passer rating in this next game against Arizona, he will surpass his idol and Kurt Warner. Brock Purdy's out there balling. And then he's the fourth quarterback in NFL history to get 70% completion percentage in seven consecutive games. Like, gosh, like Brock is heating up. He still should be number one for the MVP race. Um, And if things all go well for Brock, how can he not be MVP? What's the only way Brock Purdy can't be, what shouldn't be MVP? Let's, let's, let me ask you guys that question, uh, Peachy and then Mose. This is easy, and I actually put this on Twitter because um, he don't wear that shitty-ass star on his helmet. That's why he's not going to wind up getting it. If you listen to all the TV, they'll tell you, you know, the house cowboys have been waiting to be able to do this, blah, blah, and all stuff for Dak. And the thing that cracks me up about it is when you watch 
like them actually just graze over the 49er game like it was nothing. <laughs> like and how and how Brock outplayed their MVP in that game. And then if you look at other games this season where it's just been different, it really just just irks me so bad. That's all it is. They have been dying to to be able to to do this for Jerry Jones. And he's probably going to win. But to me, that's the only reason why. Because Brock, is his stats are better than Dak. There's only what? What were we talking about this morning, Breezy? The touchdowns. He's three touchdowns behind him and whatever. And then um, in, in Brock's defense, somebody brought up a really good point. Dak has thrown the football like a lot more because of their running game. Because they don't really have one. Brock doesn't have to throw that much. So the fact that that Brock is only three touchdowns behind Dak, who throws the ball like all the time at an alarming rate because he has to, mm-hmm. just is ridiculous that you would literally say with a straight face that he's your unquestionable, you know, MVP. So all right, Mose, what like what would be the argument for Brock to not win MVP? I know he's not playing to be MVP of the league, but when he's going out there just being Brock Purdy, he's putting up MVP stats week in and week out. So how can this young gentleman in his second year in the NFL, uh, former Mr. Irrelevant, find a way to win that MVP award if all else fails and it comes down to it? Sorry, that's my two-year-old. That's um, <laughs> I think the only way he doesn't win it is if, for whatever reason, the 49ers don't get the number one seed. I think if we stay where we at and we lock up the number one seed, like, as of right now, now this is before two was played. So I think two will probably will surpass everybody and jump to number one. But then that still leaves Brock Purdy at three. Like, Right now, he's number two in yards. So, he's got more yards than Dak. He's got mm-hmm. more yards than Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Trevor Lawrence, Jalen Hurts. The list goes on. Um, I think his team's record, the numbers that he's put up. Um, and what I love is, I, I, I've been listening to a lot of other people. I love what Louis, Louis Riddick said. And Breezy, I sent this to you. Um I think that the the complaint is people don't understand how somebody who was drafted in the seventh round, Mr. Irrelevant, the last pick, the, the, the very last pick of the draft could be doing so well. And they point to his weapons. Oh, he has a great coach. Oh, he has all these weapons. He has Debo and he has McCaffrey, he has Kittle and da, 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 da. But he, he mentioned two quarterbacks that are in the hall of fame and that people loved, but they gave, the quarterbacks all the shine. He mentioned Kurt Warner. Do y'all remember Kurt Warner's team? The greatest show had on a turf? damn nickname. Right, exactly. The greatest right. show, greatest on, show turf. on turf. The old turf too. The turf. Isaac we, Bruce. Uh-huh. Tory Holt. Tory Holt. Marshall Isaac Falk. King. Marshall Falk. All of them. They had a nickname. Mm-hmm. Then he talked about Peyton Manning. Who did Peyton Manning have? Oh, Marvin, Marvin Harrison, Harrison Reggie, Reggie Wayne, Wayne, Edron James, Dallas Clark, Edron James, all Hall of Famer. Like, what are we talking about? Like, so, so yes, he's playing good because he has weapons. Well, 
the weapons make the quarterback great. But guess what? The quarterback still got to get him the ball. Who was dra- who was drafted in the same draft as Peyton Manning? Ryan hmm. Leaf. He went. And who one, was supposed didn't to be he? great? Was supposed to be better. Didn't live up to those expectations. So, like at some point, everybody got to give Brock his credit. Yes, he has the weapons, but he's still making things happen. They talk about his air yards. Oh, he plays with a team that gets a lot of yak. Well, they talked about that as well. So did Joe Mahomes, Montana. In, in, in two of Mahomes' MVP years, 54 and 51% of his yardage mm-hmm. were yak. Where's Brock Purdy at right now? Like 48, 49%. So less than half of his total yardage right. are coming from Yak, which means he's getting the ball downfield. Yeah. And what have we always said? One of the things that Jimmy Garoppolo couldn't do, mm-hmm. and hate to bring his name up, to take the top off his the name, defense mode, but he could not stretch the field. Right. So Brock Purdy's coming in. He's stretching the field. He's playing accurately. He's not turning the ball over. Yes, he had a pick yesterday. Miscommunication between him and Ayuk. That's all good. Kyle went with Ayuk, and it it from it the looks of it looks like Ayuk ran the wrong route. Purdy expected him to be somewhere, and so did Kyle. He wasn't there. They had a conversation. They fixed it. But other than that, he's playing well. He's throwing the ball accurately. He's spreading it around, getting it to his guys. Like the only way he should not be MVP is if for whatever reason Philly finds a way or Dallas finds a way to claim the number one seed which means we would have to lose. And if we lose, more than likely Brock has a bad game in that loss. That's the only way I could see it. Yeah, and and and, and, and if he doesn't get it, I'm cool. As long as he continues to be himself and excel mm-hmm. in the games that he's excelling in. Here's the, what I'm learning from Brock Purdy. So, like, and nobody's talking about his ability to process, like, after the fact, not during the fact. During the fact is really good, but like after the fact, when he's like, he he mentioned a play where he saw the safety's feet, mm-hmm. that was awesome. and that alluded him to throw the ball because yes. the feet of the safety mm-hmm. bit. This mother freak is looking at the toes, yep. <laughs> and so I'm. How you looking down? Well, because the snaps do be low. Sorry, Tabor, but I mean, sorry, um, Jake, but look, I'll be like, yo. He's looking at the toes like that. That's letting me know that he understands football. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Like he that's understands it. Because if you don't understand it like that, you don't process that that quickly. That's what I'm saying. Right. So when you say that he's taking these throws down the field, it's because he's making the reason why the throws look so easy is because he's making them the defense do stuff that they shouldn't be doing and <laughs> voila, it's man down the field. You see the single highest safety, he's going down the field. Good luck. You ain't catch his man. He Brock, the Brock trusts every one of his playmakers. He talked about it. He said every on every play, we could score a touchdown. Because right. every person on this team has the ability to get Love into it. the end zone. On yep. every play, Brock. Every right. play, Brock. Hmm. Yep. Hmm. And so like, and I'm sure everybody says that, but I know Garrett, I, I know they don't believe that. 
Brock actually believes it, he and I know. Yes, when he said <laughs> he meant every word of it. You could see it. You could see him. You you could you could see how frustrated he gets when he makes a mm-hmm. bad throw. And let's mm-hmm. talk about his throws when it's it's not. He knows that it's 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 the wrong throw. He had a he had a bad throw to Debo in this game because it was behind him. Mm-hmm. But I'm wondering if he did that to not get Debo hurt. Because there was a there was the defender right there that was gonna crack Debo if he caught that pass, and so he lived to the next play. And I think Brock. Be- was that the one where like Debo kind of turned around real quick? Yeah, real quick. And it looked mm-hmm. and it looked like he got frustrated, but then I think he realized that he was about to get his the black knocked off of him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But that's so, and, processing. And that, that's that's that, me, bro. I, I would rather throw this away. And not get you killed, and live to the next down. We've seen that before. Then to try to force you the ball and hope you can make something happen. When I know this guy as a beeline to you, he's coming full speed, and there really ain't nothing you can do. I'ma just hope that you can make him miss. We seen like, that. I'm not, I'm not gonna put you in that situation to get hurt. I'd rather live for the next play to get a better play. And to be able to put you in a position to make a play without having to go through all of that to do it. 100%. Miss Cynthia in the building with the Super Chat contribution says, just showing some love, y'all. We truly appreciate that. Listen, Miss Sin, when I say he was looking at the toes, he was looking at the toes. That that alluded him to that. He it, It meant that the safety bit and he can get the ball over his head. Like that's what that meant in, in in our language, so I'm just like, dang, like there's something different about the kid. Like he understands quarterbacking, and then he has the ability to actually do it. What was the main thing we were worried about this season when Brock came back into football? Will he have arm strength? Mm-hmm. Is the injury gonna hinder him? Is he gonna? Mm-hmm. He's defying all of that, mm-hmm. all of it. How do we know? How many 20-yard plus passes he got down the yeah. field? How many 30-yard plus passes he yeah. got down? Like, this dude is winging and slinging the ball. Yeah. And accurately. Um, while people are talking about Yak, I can't even think of how much Yak that he had yesterday because he, because most, um, like, if not all of the touchdowns that he threw, I mean, the the receiver was was downfield like they were long downfield throws like maybe ten yards at best. It wasn't a yak game. I can and tell you why. It. it definitely was not um, a yak game yesterday. That's for and, sure. And 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 the reason why is because they were playing two high safeties, mm-hmm. and so that means that that middle of the field was being taken away. So every time in the beginning of the game, because I see uh, Chrissy said that your kiddo got rocked. Yep. I'm sure it did. Okay, that was bad. And but <laughs> it, it it was the way that they were playing. Debo got cracked on one too. Mm-hmm. It was the way that they were playing the safeties in the middle of the field. It was like, hey man, you, you torched us in the middle of the field in the first game. It ain't right. gonna happen in this game. <laughs> the injury to Devon uh, Devon Weatherspoon was huge, just mm-hmm. like the injury to Mooney Ward was huge, yep. and it then allowed the 49ers and Brock Purdy and the offense to open up and stretch okay. the field. 
You know what I'm saying? So, like, mm-hmm. he adjusted. He adjusted from by the way the defenses were playing. And that's when I'm starting to notice from Brock Purdy. He's making these small, slight mental adjustments in the game. And to me, that processing, that quick processing of his, that adjustments, those adjustments of his is allowing him to supersede a lot of the stuff that we've seen where we just fail. Even if Brock, Brock Purdy went in through straight three straight incomplete passes and then came out and still finished the game with a 70.4% completion percentage, 19 for 27. He didn't even throw the ball 20 times. 19 for 27 and, and, and 122.1 passer rating with two touchdowns and should have had another one, but Ayuk fumbled the ball. I thought Ayuk was going to the house on that play as well. So, like, the Niners are in great hands with the quarterback like Brock Purdy. We won't have the elite conversation today but y'all let me know when y'all ready to have the elite conversation because we gotta have it and i get it he ain't won a big game yet fine no problem but i think we all owe our definitions of what elite is and so that way if moses is explaining why he's a leader what we consider in a big game or you talking about he hasn't won the big game the the big game did i say a or the i meant the a not my fault. Because th- okay. if that's the case, there's only one elite quarterback playing in the NFL. Only one. Only one. If that's our definition, that's what I'm saying. But what we get from I mean, Brock. Because even then, like, Russell Wilson is still playing. Is he still elite? That's a good question. And he's got a Super Bowl win. That's like, a good question. Like, what? Are, and, and this is, I think this is one of the things that frustrates me a lot about this conversation is the goalpost is always moved. They're always moving the goalpost of, what's elite and what's not elite. Like, by by all stretches of the imagination, Patrick Mahomes is not having... An elite season. An elite season. Mm-mm. But he's always going to get that elite title because he has two Super Bowls. But, like, throughout in an NFL lifespan or a player's career, there's good years and there's bad years. You have up years, you have down years. So, like... I, Patrick Mahomes is still elite because what he was able to do is just this year he's not having one of those up years. But as far as what a quarterback is being asked to do, the statistical categories that Brock is leading and the fact that his team is 10 and 3, like it's it's hard for me to listen to people argue that he's not elite. Mm. It, it It's really difficult to – because, like, the argument, like you said, you, you'll bring up, oh, his weapons. All right, well, Peyton Manning and Kurt Warner and Joe Montana and Steve Young. Like, Steve Young had the weapons. Garrison Hurst. All the Jerry weapons. Jerry Rice, Terrell Owens, J.J. Stoke. Like, <laughs> you, can, mm-hmm. there's a bunch of quarterbacks we can talk about. Like, who did Aaron Rodgers have? <laughs> when he won his Super Bowl, Lord. <laughs> he was stacked. That I like watching was stacked. I like watching James stacked. Jones on uh uh what's that show? Speak. Speak. Did you watch it today? No, it was hilarious today. And I missed. It. I will. I will watch it. But I like watching him on Speak, and I feel like they need to let him speak more too, because he he a ch- he a chip winner on, on that show. Like real talk. Like and then when they were talking about certain stats, he he. It's like they didn't know. They were asking Shady what was his greatest game, like, you know, whatever, whatever. And he had to mention his greatest game, which was far, which was superior. Like, I know what Shady did in the snow. It was probably one of the greatest things we ever witnessed. Mm-hmm. But James Jones was that dude. 
I, I don't think he gets enough. Yeah. I don't know who he was overshadowed by. I think it was Aaron Rodgers' team at that. Like I, I don't know. Like right, he, but he was with. Was he with? Who was the Greg other receiver? Jennings or Greg Jennings. Driver. That's why it had to be Greg Jennings. Greg Jennings was the one. He was the one. And he then, was, and then, and then after Greg Jennings, James Jones was always a secondary because then it was Jordy Nelson. You know who reminded me? You know who James Jones was? What was our former wide receiver for the 49ers? He came in. I can't think of his name, and I'm sorry. Emmanuel Sanders. Like, they, to me, are in that same category. They were always the supplemental or the right. the, 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 the the side piece that you can mm-hmm. still get some good good out of. Like, you know, <laughs> like that, that's who they were. Mm-hmm. They were they were problems for their teams. I'm sorry. It is what it is. John Taylor, side piece. Like, but could have been a number one if he was anywhere else. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, um, let's talk about some of the strengths and weaknesses in this game because we got to look forward to the game coming up. We got another birds, and we're actually traveling to Arizona. And so uh, let's go with some of the strengths. Uh, Peachy, you can give me a strength. Moe, you can give me a strength on what you saw from this 49ers team. Uh, And then we'll go back around, and we could do the weaknesses in reverse order. And then we'll go ahead and kind of, like, give a quick preview to this Arizona Cardinals matchup. So... I would say that um, a strength that I saw in this game was just like the run game. Like it's still, it's still strong. It doesn't matter. Teams try to come up with ways to try to stop the run and all this other stuff. And we just continue to just take care of business when it comes to the run game with Christian McCaffrey. And then yesterday, of course, we had Mason that stepped in because Mitchell was out. But, uh, yeah, I mean, just that one-two punch with just McCaffrey and, and Mason was was a great um, a great asset to have yesterday. You just keep running the football. Keep running the ball. Shout out to Jordan Mason getting that touchdown. Um, I don't know if y'all heard, but Christian McCaffrey was tight. Yeah, he was. <laughs> tight, bro. <laughs> was really tight bad. like Sassoon jeans, dog. Ooh, like, he was tight. They took what him out. Yo, they was like, yo, man. So, like, uh, did you, like, congratulate Jordan Mason on the touchdown? He was like, yeah. He was like, you know, when you get the ball, you rush for 72 yards, you know, down there. You just got to find a way to get in uh, because if not, they're going to take you out. He was tight. He was tight. I was like, oh, he tight, tight. He wanted that touchdown bad. But um, it's like you said earlier on, I believe it was on the Wayne Breeders. You had like a thousand shows today, so I don't know which one it was on. But anyway, <laughs> one of the shows that you was on where you were talking about that that fire and that oh, yeah. competitiveness. The, I love the passion. Love man. it. I love the passion. And all then I these love- guys are passionate. Like they all want the football. Like they all want to 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 score. That's they what makes them dangerous, to, PG. Yeah. That's what makes them so dangerous. They all want to. And when you have a whole entire uh, mentality like that, that everyone wants to score at any time, like they they want to put points on the board. That's what makes them dangerous. And it was awesome. Yep. That's a dope strength, uh, the run game. Mose, what do you got? I, I'm going to show love to the defensive side of the ball as a strength. And I'm going to show love to the secondary. The way we've been playing, you know, battling injuries, battling depth issues, you know, losing Huff for the year. But Jair Brown steps in. Great interception that he had yesterday. You know, seeing it, reading it, making sure that he was in the right spot. 
going up and attacking the ball at its highest point, making sure that DK couldn't do that. Um, and if, if it wasn't for Nick Bosa jumping off sides, Ambry Thomas would have had one, and he played that inside shade. Ran, was that hit, Thomas? Hit I think that receiver. was Lenore. Was it Demo? I that was Demo. Nah, I think Either that way, was Demo. They had a pick. Whoever played it well, inside shade, hip to hip, turned around, and got the pick because they were understanding that uh, Drew Locke was trying to get the ball out fast. Um, I, I think as I like the season name. has gone on, um, the secondary is is really starting to buy into everything that Steve Wilkes is selling. Uh, obviously, it helps that, you know, our, our front is getting more pressure and we're getting after the quarterback. Um, but they are doing their part as well because a lot of those sacks against the Eagles and Jalen Hurts were covered sacks. Uh, so, you know, we're not going to give 100% credit to the defensive line. You know, those boys on the back end are, are really playing good. That's why, you know, it, it's tough to see Mooney go down. It's tough to see Luter go down because, you know, we need those guys to be at 100% um, when we get to the playoffs. We might have to see the Eagles again. We might have to see the Cowboys again, you know, teams that are going to want to try to air it out. Uh, mm-hmm. But I think we're this, the, this secondary is really, really finding its groove right now. Um, so I'm, I'm going to list them as my strength. I like that, man. Shout out to my man Snoopy uh, Cortez. He says, shout out to the ATC, air traffic control. Like, And this is why they brought in Steve Wilkes, ladies and gentlemen. And now you're starting to really see, like, after, you know, from week one to week freaking 15, which is which we're about to enter, you'll see what his presence, what why he needed to be here. He was able to get this young secondary. They're still number one in, in interceptions in the league, right? And so, like, he was able to get this secondary where they needed to be. That's his expertise. Uh, They gave him an extra piece on the pass rush. You let them guys go ahead and do what they do. He can focus on them young boys back there in that secondary, and I love it. If I had to go with a strength, I'm going to go with the special teams. Uh, And, you know, like, I just feel like from the punting to the kicking, even though we didn't have any field goal attempts in this game, Jake Moody is still consistently kicking the ball through the upright. So that's a plus for him. Let's talk about Mitch Wisnowski because, you know, um, I, I'm I'm not going to get mad at Ronnie Bell for that particular penalty call uh, for slipping and, 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 and they initiating the contact. I'm not going to get mad. The refs called it. It was on us. But when you want to talk about um, – a heads up play mm-hmm. on I didn't think it was a bad punt. It just seemed like the blocking, I don't know what it was, but he saw people deep and he said, I'm out. He said, I'm out. Shout out to Mitch Wisnowski being on that good training diet because he was out. He, I, he was. had yo, he what did he get 15 on that joint? Like, yeah, and he was already was 15 awesome. behind, so he got 30 technically. Yes. Like, Which like I think at the, he played rugby, right? I know, but he was bigger than bro. He on a good slim diet right now, bro. He don't. So he don't even a little bit faster. He get quicker, faster. So listen, I should have counted. It didn't count due to the penalty by uh, the rookie Ronnie Bell. Dude slipped down trying to make a block, um, and 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 they said that he blocked low on when when he slipped down and hit the ground. It's unfortunate, but. You know, you talked about the, the Diamond Lenore interception that would have counted if Nick didn't jump off sides. Penalties 
if I'm going to go with my weaknesses, we're going in reverse order. It's penalties for me. It's always going to be penalties. We can have 55 missed tackles in a game, but somehow that one penalty will, will mess us up, you know. And so it's penalties, man. And it's coming from the vets, Trent Williams, Nick Bosa. Like, you know, you had one, one negated by Aaron Banks. You had eight penalties in total, only five counted in this mm-hmm. game. And it was only for about, what, 50, not even 30 yards, just 30 yards. But still, it's when they happen, you know, fourth downs and and things like that. You had the one on Diamandro Lenore that gave him a first down for uh, illegal contact. And Mm -hmm. it's just little things, man. But they got to find a way to me, in my opinion, which will probably be in my keys to victory. They got to find a way to be disciplined. Mose, you talked about the beginning of the show. The Niners are winning games. And they ain't playing their best football. That's scary. Like, that's crazy because yeah. they got to figure out the penalties. Uh, Mose and then Peachy. Uh, I, yeah, you, you kind of took what I was going to say at the tail end of what you just said. But to kind of piggyback just on it a little bit more, I, it, it is the, the undisciplined nature that we play with at times. Mm-hmm. We are not completely undisciplined because – we're putting up 30 points. We're blowing teams out. We're 10 and three. But I think the consistency at which undisciplined football shows up for this team, it's a little too high for me. So um, I think if we can be more disciplined and be consistent in the disciplined way we go about our business, I think that limits the penalties. I think that limits the the little minor mistakes. Um, listen, I, I know everybody's is, is a grown man, and there's a certain level of, you know, respect, you know, that is given, and then that is required. But like, you know, we've had two weeks in a row where players have got ejected for little scuffles on the field, mm-hmm. uh, and we know, come playoff time it's going to get a little chippy. You know, teams are fighting for their season because if they don't win, it's bye-bye. So I I think being disciplined and not putting ourselves in a position to where we're behind the sticks, we're giving up, you know, yardage, you know, putting teams in an easy scoring position. um, And, you know, we're keeping our, 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 our horses in the race and not getting kicked out of the game. So for me, uh, one of the weaknesses is inconsistency at which we display discipline. All right. And PG, any weaknesses to you in this particular game? Lord, everybody knows what my weakness is in this game. Um, my pet peeve, tackling. Come on. Yeah. They, they, ha- they have got to start rapping and tackling. They just have to. Like you can't you can't let these guys just do that. Seattle was all crunk because, you know, they were able to like get these big first down stuff. All because just tackling. Yeah. Bat like there was a couple of egregious missed tackles. It was just uncalled for. It really was. So that goes in line with what you and Mo's were talking about as far as the discipline and, you know, everything like that. Like you have to pay attention to your assignment and for God's sake. Just just tackle these players. 
you can't miss that much. You had the one um, from, I think it was uh, Charbonnet, I think, if I'm not mistaken, that looked like they had. Um, that was like, a good move, though. Like <laughs> syrup on their arms or something. Yo, like, they could not get it. The, the the initial move by Charbonnet on that was yeah, Christian McCaffrey esque. Say, wait a minute! I ain't never. You ain't do that at Michigan. You ain't do that at UCLA. You ain't do that the first week we played you. I think you know what I think it was. Kenneth Walker III. I think Charbonnet was trying to show him up. Charbonnet was the better running back in that game. No, he definitely was. But yeah. after that move, Peachy, you right? They missed him like they did. They just they they couldn't tackle him. Fourteen total missed tackles. In this Crazy. game, I think that ties the season high for the San Francisco 49ers mm. in missed tackles. Listen, Randy Gregory had three mm. missed tackles. Three. Yeah. Bosa, Bosa two. had two. Drew Locke. Two. Like, everybody had two. Set. He got out <laughs> yeah. of there. Like, how you miss his sacks? I think it was in either in the third or the fourth quarter. Mm. Bro, I got had him. him dead to rights. He got out of it. Reverse field. Went all the way to the other side. Like That's the then, one I was talking about. That's the they they have 14 missed tackles. Crazy. And okay. Then, they must I'm, have missed 10 to... on that Kenneth Walker play and have four. Cause Gip had I think Gip, I think Gip had the first missed tackle mm-hmm. on 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 one of them receivers. He just missed mm-hmm. them. I don't know. And I'm gonna go back to, I'm gonna go oh, back to last Lockett. week. Lockett caught Yes, that Tyler Lockett. Yep, yeah, yep, yep. I'm gonna go back to last week against Philly, where we had him in a third and nineteen. And we could not tackle Devontae Smith when he caught that pass up to see him and got a first down. He got 21 yards on, like, third and 19. Mm-hmm. Like, on a pass that's thrown short of the sticks, he was able to break enough tackles to get the yards he needed on third and 19 to get a first down. So, yeah, that was bad. Peachy, you're absolutely right. Like, we have to tackle better. How, we how cannot we... tie our, our, the... our season high. And have fourteen missed tackles. We cannot have double digit missed tackles for a defense. Not from the number That's one defense in the in league. league. That's How right. you number one? Wait, here, here's the thing. And not, not in week fourteen either. Like, but, but, right. but you know, but here's the, here's the here's the bright side. The bright side is they have fourteen missed tackles, and they still only gave up sixteen points. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it's just the bright side. And the only reason why I'm saying that, I felt like I just hit a Stephen A. Smith note. The only reason why I'm saying that <laughs> is because they still have the number one scoring defense in the league. They only gave up 16 points. That has the proclivity. I got it. I got SAT words. Okay. And <laughs> subjugate. The offense that is playing against and rendered them incomparable. You know, away the- you know, you know, you know what I'm saying? Listen, they averaged giving up 15.8 points uh, a, a game, right? They were number two. Mm-hmm. They, were, they were number two. They were number two. You know what was number one? The Ravens at 15.6. They just gave up 30. 30. He gave 31 points to the Rams. I'm looking at the number one scoring defense in the league, but they still got to tackle, like Peachy said, because if you don't tackle, that's fundamentals. That's just rap and tackle. Stop the big hits. Please. Stop the big hits. Get rid of the hit stick. Please. No more hit stick from Madden. Just rap and tackle. Please. 
Mose must have seen something he liked. All right, real quick. I didn't know. I didn't know Fred Warner was fourth in the league in interceptions. Fourth in the league in interceptions, ladies and gentlemen. Linebacker, safety. Mm-hmm. Fred Warner is a, a, a safe backer. That's what I'm just gonna call him. Right. Safe I like that. Safe backer. Safe backer. He's a natural safety, and he's converted to linebacker. That's like Fred Warner. That. Um, reason created the new position. <laughs> no, seriously, no, no, because that's what. Wait, the NFL... What was? What was? What was? What, what were they calling Debo last year? Wide back, <laughs> a wide back. So he's a. So safe. we can be a safe we, back. We, we got we got all the hybrids. We got a wide back that's and a right. safe backer. Yeah, we we that's we right. we bought we we bought them backs. All right, let's just take a quick peek. <laughs> Wait, whoa! Pause about the Arizona Cardinals. Okay, now where's fair? He in the chat, and I hope he didn't hear that. Now, look, the Arizona Cardinals, shout out to Fair, are a division rival, which means we're going into their home territory. I think we're, we're what, 14, fav- point, 14 point favorites as of right now? 14, yeah. Jesus. And I don't like the Kyler Murray matchup. Mm-mm. It's not just me then. No, no. I told Mike earlier that I was nervous, and I'm never nervous. I mean, yeah. I'm never nervous. So you, this, you thinking this this could be one of those trap games? Why, though? Why do you put the put fucking the trap? They punished us, it. too, because they literally punished us with two mobile quarterbacks back-to-back. Three! Peach, we got freaking... Oh, yeah, I forgot. DeMar Three. Jackson next week! <laughs> Three mobile quarterbacks. Nuts. Like wow! I, look, I, I'm a little, I'm a little nervous because if we don't have our number one, number one, number one defense out there, which has been good at stopping mobile quarterbacks, they've been making mobile quarterbacks immobile, right? They, That's right. They, they've not allowed them to run. Mm-hmm. Jalen Hurts, I do want to explain, is totally different than Kyler Murray, though. Jalen Hurts yeah. is Josh Allen esque, yeah. and Kyler Murray is like a mixture of Russell Wilson. And uh, I don't know who else, but that's the difference. Little midget running around in the pocket. Speed. Mm-hmm. Speed. Fast once he gets out. Like Mighty Mouse. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I'm a little nervous. I don't want to be nervous, but that's my only concern going into this game. You guys got any concerns going into this game other than uh, Kyler Murray? Is there anybody else that you feel like the Niners definitely need to zero in on? Um, they are kind of built off speed. I will say that, especially on the offensive side. Definitely. They um they definitely are. They called um, him Ant Man, <laughs> which um I think is <laughs> which That's is funny. um another reason why that I'm such a stickler on tackling because you cannot allow Kyler to be slippery and just miss these tackles. Like you have to get this dude. Like, Can somebody tell Bo, that. this is my man Bo. Somebody tell him I believe you, but they different. I They're just want definitely you to be- different. I want you to believe me. They're a little different. And Arizona ain't got nothing to play for, which exactly. makes me feel like they're going to come and try to ball out. Yeah, they're they're just going to play free, kind of like Zach Wilson did yesterday. He don't have nothing to play for. So when you have a team with nothing to lose, I mean, they those are usually the most dangerous teams because you never know what's going to happen, especially if the coaches, like, just go out there and play. <laughs> just play backyard football or whatever. Kyler, you know – with us already missing people on defense, I feel like that he can literally help tire this defense out quick. I mean, we just gotta, we just gotta stay on him, and that's a challenge. 
with that dude. You people got to remember the first time we played this, we didn't have Kyler. <laughs> so now they got Kyler, and it's yeah, it's definitely a whole different animal when it comes to Kyler. Like we, he, he just he can he he can be sneaky, really sneaky. Moose, take on the Arizona Cardinals game. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I, I uh, don't want to disrespect um, an NFL team, but I think I'm I'm just going to stay there as well and just, you know, piggyback a little bit more. I think one of the differences, um, you know, when we're talking about the difference between Jalen Hurts and Kyler Murray, Jalen Hurts plays within the offense that is called um, primarily because Jalen Hurts has better weapons um, so in the game that they played against us, they were trying to get to the ball into the hands of those weapons, allow them to create after the catch mm-hmm. to then eventually hopefully open up the downfield throw where I think, um, you know, whether Mooney plays or not, if our corners are playing sticky coverage, Kyler's going to escape and going to run. He's not going to hold the ball and wait for somebody to come open oh, yeah. And then, you know, allow those coverage sacks to happen. You got about four or five seconds as a wide receiver with Kyler Murray to get open. If not, he's gone. So, again, we talked about tackling, but then we also talked about discipline. Discipline. And if our edge rushers are not disciplined and going too far Mm upfield, and we're also not able to get that interior pressure minus Javon Hargrave, minus Eric Armstead, then that's when Kyler can become highly effective running the football. Now, as long as he's not able to turn those into touchdowns, he may be able to get some big plays, you know, create some explosives. But usually in the red zone, our defense, you know, tightens up. So, you know, we would have to hope if he does have a game like that, that we can force that offense to kick three instead of punching it in the end zone. But I I, I think that Kyler's selfishness opens them up to some offensive offensive success with him running the ball. We just have to be disciplined and and read our keys and be in our gaps and not rush too far upfield. I agree 100%, man. Um, just a couple of things just to just to pay attention to, you know, when you start talking about, we start breaking down the matchups throughout our weekly shows about this team. And Kyler Murray, he's, he hasn't been playing great, but I do know he's playing the 49ers and he's going to attempt to do things off, off script. Mm-hmm. Okay. Off script. Because the Niners are going to throw him off script. And they have to be disciplined, like Mo said, in containing the edges. Dave Be- uh, Bowell says they need to get at Lamar, and he's talking about the Ravens game, and knock down the number of RPO packages coming out there. And then I'm more and make him, and I'm more one dimensional, so to speak. And his numbers aren't even really good. I agree with this, actually. So, to your point, do we get better uh, attack on? Because if we're missing tackles, yes, on Lamar turn into touchdowns and we can't do that but i think we'll be good there i'm more worried about the rams game really i think that might be the rams have to win that game and then they're back and running like that that might be their playoff entry to that seventh seed or sixth seed if they continue to play well they did lose 
uh, to the Ravens. But he's right, and this is why, you know, Peachy brought up the missed tackles. But they're not missing the tackles necessarily. Like, I mean, sacks. They're missing sacks right. on the quarterback. Um, I'm, I'm more concerned of missing tackles when the quarterback throws a pass and you don't wrap and tackle and bring the receiver down or the running back you're trying to arm tackle opposed to straight up just tackle uh you're taking poor angles and things like that and you know those are i'm more concerned with those if you miss the sack okay I, i don't think that the 49ers will allow a rushing touchdown from a, a QB like that right up the middle, maybe on the goal line, but I think they'll have that pretty contained. When you're looking at Kyler Murray, though, because of his size, because of his escapability, he's not just, a, I'm going to pull the ball down. Now, you will see quarterback draws. He'll hike that ball, see that linebacker deep, and take off and run. So you will get that from Kyler Murray. And you got to remember, he's a veteran. He's not a young cat. Well, yeah. He's been in the league for us for, for a few years, and he's played this team a few times. Yeah, plenty of times. <laughs> and they're coming off of a bye, and they got James Conner. They're gonna yep. and 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 remember the last time we played him and T- Huff got into a fight, well, got into a scuffle. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm not I'm not necessarily worried about the Rams, but at the end of the day, I think the San Francisco 49ers need to figure out how to take care of business on the road. All right, listen, we got our winner for um, the nitty gritty. Um, <clears throat> score prediction. Let me go ahead and get his name out here. His name is. Why do I feel like I read that name last week too? Let me see if it's still in here. Hold on, hold on. He won twice in a row. Dang. Well, I bet you by golly, wow! A man, Tony Bartley, is the winner. Congratulations to Tony right. Bartley. Twenty-eight to sixteen was his score prediction. I think. Did he actually get it on the head? Wow. He got it. 100%. No, right? he put 31 to 17. So he was close, though. And that was the closest. Okay. That was the closest. I was about to say. He, oh, he I was getting about a to score say. like that, brother. Can I have some Powerball numbers? That's right. What I'm that's saying. what I'm saying. We need to be having a chat. <laughs> yeah. So, so you, Tony. You're you making the wrong predictions, Tony. <laughs> Tony, you you won back to back weeks, dog. Uh, I'm going to need you to get on the Moe's, the, the Pigskin Pick Show. Help me catch up because Moe's, I think, whipped my ass this week. Like, it's just, I don't get it. Like every time, and my teams be winning, and then at the last one second they lose. I just don't get it. I don't be understanding. It is what it is, guys. Um, go ahead, um, one um, one thing that I was gonna add to that is, you guys do know because we have been in this position before when we were the one seed. You're gonna get everyone's best shot for the rest mm-hmm. of the season to try to knock us out of that one seed. Yep. They don't care about whatever. Like I said, especially when you have a team like the Cardinals that have nothing to play for. Like it doesn't matter. But but to ruin our day. And that's their whole point of going out there is just to do everything they can to try to ruin our one seed. And so you also got to keep that in mind. And and the 49ers have been in this position before and they have great coaches and plenty of vets around all these guys and they're definitely going to let them know, you know, keep your cool. Don't be, you know, cause they're going to try to do everything they possibly can. And, but, um, the Fortnite's got this and right now it's, it's looking really promising re- regardless of who's out there. What, whoever plays on defense, we still have enough defense to be able to do it. So. Yeah. 49ers just need to travel, show up like they normally do. Right. Show up and, uh, like they normally do. 
and, and they should be good to go, ladies and gentlemen. We out, man. Thank y'all so much for tuning in to the Nitty Gritty Niners Talk Show on behalf of, of our brother Fair, uh, who should be back soon. All right. Uh, Mo's, PG, myself. We truly appreciate you guys for tuning in. Thank you to all the Super Chat contributions. Don't forget to like this joint on both channels. It's on Mo's Nose channel as well. Go ahead and subscribe to his channel if you're not already subscribed to Mo's channel. Make sure if you're new to watching this stream, you subscribe right here as well. Feel free to join the Breezy Bunch crew. All right. And let's have some fun, man. We got a week worth. It's Cardinals week officially. After tonight, let's have some fun. We're going to beat these birds, man. I call them the angry birds because that's how they're going to try to play the 49ers uh, on this Sunday. All right? We'll see y'all back next Monday. We love y'all. Stay up. Stay faithful. And always keep it nitty-gritty, y'all. We out. Peace. Hey. Breezy. Mose knows. Peace. Wait a minute. There is a couple of Super Chat contributions that I kindly forgot. We got one from Jax Knox. I wonder, do people think that he's elite now? Talking about Brock Purdy. I remember that conversation. To each they own. Uh, I think he's elite. I think Moe said he thinks he's elite. Peachy, do you think he's elite? Um, yes, and I already said that. Okay. All right. And so then you got Sean Shepard with the Super Chat contribution. Sean, you didn't show up at the end of the show this time. And that's why I forgot. But Hi. <laughs> Hi, Sean. Hi, Sean. And, I, Hi. I, and I'm surprised that's all he said. I, I I wonder if that's what that means. I wonder whether Sean's still mad at us. I think he might be a little... Just, mad at he us? Just, he ain't mad at me. I just talked to him the other day. Just a now, little bit. Now, listen, guys. Why would he be mad? I don't know. I don't know what Peachy's talking about. Okay. So, on <laughs> Facebook, guys, if you're going to join the Facebook group, you have to answer the questions. Okay, you have to answer the questions. Answer the questions. They're 49er-related questions. If you answer the questions, Ms. Debbie will let you in the group. If not, she's going to think you're spam. So answer the questions, join the group, and, and happy posting. All right? And then Sean comes back with the Super Chat contribution. There it is. There it is. Did he spam? All right, he's not mad no more. He says. First of all, I ended the show. You see Mitch running like he was dropped off in West Oakland <laughs> and showed a wallet full of cash at a liquor, liquor stove. That's how I say I call it the PK. <laughs> she. That white boy can't. <laughs> I'm not. I'm done. That I'm white done. boy can run. <laughs> That's what he was really saying. I would... Yeah. W H Y. <laughs> the funniest part of, and I don't know if this is somewhat, I don't know if this is insensitive to people, culture, or whatever, but when Trent Williams called him the Australian, like, I like. Loved it. <laughs> it was hilarious. That, that's the, 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 I'm like, yo, Aussie, Australian. I hope they're not offended by he Trent. Kept saying- it too. That's what I, was hilarious. I don't think he knew. I don't think he knew. I don't. Trent ain't Trent from Texas. I don't think he knew. <laughs> oh goodness! I'm just saying. I don't think he knew. But guys, thank y'all so much, Sean. You are you are the one. You you are the one. We appreciate you. Don't do it again. All right, man. We love y'all. <laughs> stay up, stay faithful. We out, y'all. <laughs> Peace. Nitty green, it's the lightest tone. Oh, yeah.
Don't like it, better take a walk Nitty gritty, this the line is tall We outline players up and chalk Nitty gritty, this the line is tall Don't like it, better take a walk Nitty gritty, this the line is tall Line is tall, nitty gritty, this the line is tall